TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, you got to hold it. Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew I, me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 402, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter from West Hollywood. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. And this is Allison, and I write reviews for Ethnopolis. All right, let's start off with the news. First up and foremost and most depressing news is that Daredevil has now been canceled. That is Ooh. number three Ooh. for Netflix and Marvel. And at first, I was so sure what was going to happen was it was going to get canceled off of Netflix and they would all end up on Disney Play. And I was like, oh, who cares? It'll be fine. Disney but, Disney Plus. Or sorry, what did I say? Disney Play. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was really thought that was the way it was going to go. But now it just looks like they're canceled, which okay. I don't like. Nobody, nobody knows. Before you start reading everybody predicting doom and gloom, Forbes had a really good article and it was posted by a writer of two of the Marvel series. And he basically, and, and the Forbes article says nobody knows. All these people who think they know what's happening with these Netflix series are full of crap. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that you think that there is still a chance that these series could come back on Disney. Absolutely. All right. Well, it's just that this I mean, last, this the way that this last cancellation went down felt very antagonistic and it, it yeah. felt like it felt different than the other one. So I was like, oh, maybe they aren't coming. I'll, back. I'll, I'll send you the I'll send you the Forbes article, which is a great in-depth read. And Forbes is a business magazine, so they don't just make up crap. Uh, the thing is, why is Netflix doing this? Because we know that Daredevil had good buzz, great yeah. reviews, and probably mm-hmm. and probably good ratings. The problem yeah. is, if you keep Marvel series on Netflix, it's basically de facto advertising for Disney's new service. Because they would be the only things left on Netflix that's from Marvel Studios and Disney. Right, because so, they're taking everything for, else back, right. Because they're taking everything else back. And all these things like Netflix saying, we're not going to let them. Do it. It, is, it is Disney's intellectual property, period. Right. I mean, Netflix has rescued several series that they didn't own. So all these people saying, you could never do these deals. Sure you can. <laughs> I mean, Universal licensed the Firefly characters from Fox. This, stuff, this kind of stuff happens all the time. So all these doom and gloom. Let's wait till Disney makes an official now- announcement. Okay, I'm, I'm down with that because I still. If you're telling me there's still hope, okay, there is still hope. All right. Uh, next thing I have is that Walking Dead Typhoon series is uh, is a, being written by Skybound as a not graphic novel, and it will be taking place in China. So, what? Yes. So it's the mm-hmm. first time the Walking we will see the Walking Dead world on another continent. And so they're trying to sell their wares in China with Chinese, all, I'm assuming all Chinese characters, because it's supposed to happen in China. Uh, so, yeah, they're expanding and they want more money. <laughs> That's all I can say. But is it, is it done specifically for the Chinese market? Is it going to be in Mandarin or is it just something that's set in a different country but still in English? 
That is a very good question. I did not fully read the article. Um, so, but I got the impression that it's, it is to engage the Chinese market. So we shall see. Um, Preacher has been renewed for season four, which isn't surprising at all. Uh, Donald Sutherland has been cast as Nicole Kidman's father in the upcoming HBO series, The Undoing. Uh, Murphy Brown and Happy Together are to end after their current season. They're not calling it a cancellation. It's just like, well, we're just not going to ask for any more episodes. So yeah, and and Murphy Brown is done. Last week's episode was the final episode. Oh, oh the, then Coda the end. Uh, and Happy Together, I guess. Peter, did you watch that show? No, I never saw it. That one I did not watch. <gasps> a comedy you didn't watch? Oh my god! All right. Uh, Somehow, yeah, I know. I somehow didn't see it. Like, so I, yeah, I, I can't, do not have an opinion. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is getting a live action adaptation for Netflix, and everybody's rejoicing. But I'm like, guys, that was Firefly. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I'm excited too, and I know Cowboy Bebop came first. I'm well aware, but I feel like uh, Firefly was the the real live version that we all wanted. But I guess if it's going to be a full series, then we'll get more episodes. Just want the cap to be cool. Um, YouTube is scaling back its scripted series in the next year or so. They, their statement was just that they can't keep up with the bidding war between um, Netflix and Amazon and all those guys bidding on stuff, and it's going to put them out of business. They can't do it. So they, they've thrown in a towel and call surrender. Um, the MacGyver star George... Eads. Eads. I can't believe I can't say his name. Has uh, called it quits and is exiting the show. And since that was actually a show I worked on, uh, I should tell you guys that this is not a surprise whatsoever. This is is basically a long time coming. That's all I'm going to say. And Tom, do you have news? I've got a bunch of news. Okay, Amazon has done a deal has made a deal with Viola Davis production company Juvie. Also, they've announced talent for their ser- upcoming comedy anthology Modern Love includes Tina Fey, Dev Patel as actors. Um AMC, uh, speaking of Walking Dead, the season 9 mid season finale has hit an all-time low, and I think they're starting to maybe realize this was not a franchise and they've they tried to milk the cash cow too much. Cartoon well, I don't Networks think they've realized that at all. They're going to find out the hard way. Yes. <laughs> um, Cartoon Network's Adult Swim has picked up a Blade Runner anime series. Comedy Center has ordered Aquafina 2 series uh, in the, uh, starring the Asian comedian in a titular sitcom. Disney Plus has added Nick Nolte. Yes, he's still alive, Libya. <laughs> I didn't even get to say it! <laughs> <laughs> to the Mandalorian, and fun fact, he was actually a candidate for Han Solo in the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine that. For you Whedonverse fans out there, Facebook is now streaming episodes of Buffy, Angel, and Firefly. Netflix is developing a slate of programming based on Roald Dahl books. They've also ordered series from Africa, Europe, Asia, and Latin America. Yeah, that's the real reason Netflix can't afford anything. They're broke. They've overspent. (laughs) Uh, Warner Brothers TV has signed a deal with Ava DuVernay. Stars has ordered P-Valley 2 series. Uh, Just take a guess what the P stands for. And has also picked up the crime drama Hightown. Finally, Warner Media has announced 
plans for their upcoming streaming service, which should be in beta by the end of 2019. There's going to be three tiers. The first tier will be movie-focused. The second tier will have original programming. And then the third tier will combine both of them. And what this so means... So that would... means they, that sounds like milking somebody for some money right there. Oh, you know they are. I want to know where uh, where DC Universe fits in, because that's already a Warner Media streaming service. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the I, I already feel... I know. I feel like they're going to charge too much. Just by the way they're phrasing it, and I was like, already too much. The market cannot sustain all these streaming services. That's all I gotta say. That's true. That's just gonna be, everybody's just gonna be passing passwords around, like, okay, <laughs> you get DC, and I'll get whatever, because I just found out with my friend uh, Keith that you both of us could be logged on to DC streaming at the same time, and I was like, because he was trying to show me a comic book or something, and I was like, I don't know if I want to read that, and then and I was like, can we both be logged on at the same time? He was like, let's find out. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Ahoy there, babies. That's not pirating. You're allowed to have a couple of friends on there with you. <laughs> a couple of friends. A couple of friends. It's all good. <laughs> but that's what it's going to be. It's like, I will trade you my password for whatever streaming I'll service you I'll trade you CBS All Access and Discovery for <laughs> exactly. DC Universe and Swamp Thing. <laughs> All right, let's go on and start talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about that mid-season finale of The Walking Dead that got super low ratings. Um, who I, I know Peter watched it because he was telling me about it, but Allison, you watched it too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so this one... Oh, my God, that's so long ago. That was last week. Um, <laughs> this one ends with the big death of Jesus, and... I think they did a good job of making it kind of the fight was exciting. It was it was all a little scary with all the mist and stuff going on, and and then you have Jesus just going through and just swiping out walkers just left and right, and it looked awesome until that walker ducked and stabbed him in the back, and you're just like, what? Uh, so everyone knows what's going on, or what, like, what did you guys think of the episode? Honestly, um, I, I thought, I mean, as an episode, it was it was well done. And the, the whole thing with the the walkers attacking in the mist was was nicely staged and everything. And it was, you know, it got your pulse up and all of that. Um, the, the bit with Jesus, as soon as he started, you know, doing everything in slow-mo, I went, oh, he's going to die. <laughs> um, and of course he did. Cause it made no sense. It's like everybody could have escaped, you know, instead he's but like, he's I'm like, going to hold them off. I'm going to hold like, these guys. Gonna, just yeah. close the gate. You yeah. know, that's all you need to do. Yeah. But instead he stays behind. And so of course, you know, the thing is, I, I've, I think I've reached my point with this show where I'm really seriously, wondering if I'm going to keep going on with it because at this point they just feel like they're killing off characters just, just to, to give the it. audience something yeah. to, just to be doing it just to you know give the audience you know this sense of ooh we're edgy and uh, you know at, at this I'm point they're it. just depriving yeah. themselves of good characters right. there's no re- there was no reason to get rid of Jesus who's he's like especially after they put him in charge of Hilltop cuz Maggie isn't there I know um, right it's like and how many like, characters are we going to be without and I was kind of going well who the heck is going to lead Hilltop and I was like Tara Tara can't lead somebody through the woods like I don't believe she can be the leader of Hilltop I just don't I one I no. don't like Tara 
Um, so two, so then you're going to be like, well, she's going to be our new leader. And I'm just like, come on. You know, you know, things I actually, I like Tara, but I mean, I like her in the sense of, of of like a lower level character. It's like we are on to the B and C list characters. She's definitely C. Yeah. She's definitely C. You know, I mean, or, or almost gone. We've got Michonne, at least that, you know, now and Daryl. But but also everyone's mad at Michonne and they're not telling us why. Well, and that and that is also incredibly frustrating because we are now into what four episodes since the the you know it came back, and I I can't imagine what is so exciting that we need to be held off perpetually for four episodes just to find out. Well, why it makes you feel better they, they or worse. The flashback that's going to reveal all that is episode nine fourteen. So we have five more episodes until they tell oh, us what's going on. Yes. Yeah, just that's and awesome. and again, that's something else that's just trying my patience, and yeah. I am really I'm getting this itchy trigger finger to to delete it off my list. Uh, Peter, what were your thoughts? Because you haven't watched the show in forever, and you jumped back in to see you wanted to see Rick Grimes' death. So, what do you think? Well, I, yeah, I stopped watching um, uh, like season eight, season eight, episode five, so I didn't even see Carl die. But I was curious because I had heard good things about the season because it's a new showrunner. So I was like, all right, I'm curious to see. And I had heard – wait, we can talk spoilers, right? Yeah, yeah Rick, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah, and I had heard that Rick didn't die. So I watched – I binged him, and I I feel like if I was watching the show the way you and Allison are, I would probably be frustrated the way you guys are too. I, I could see it. But for me, I hadn't seen the show in over a year and I was like, well, it's kind of interesting. It's like, I like the time jump. I like seeing Judith, I guess, is like the new Carl. Like, I agree. I don't really like these new characters that much yet. You know, like. Um, I like I the really, fact that we have the deaf characters. I think that's cool. I do. I do. I like that. And I and I like, um, I really like Jesus. And I agree with Allison. And I was like, wait, why would he do this? All these, they just leave. You know, like, however, the scene, like the episodes leading up where. Is it Rosita? Where basically the whisperers are, are talking. chasing them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Like, that was a pretty good creepy. You're like, wait, how can they talk? That's weird. Like, so I thought that was pretty compelling. Um, the reveal that they're really just humans that I guess want to be zombies, it's okay. Like, but that moment, yeah, when Jesus dies, when the zombie ducks, like, it's pretty good. Like, it, it you just never see that. And I was like, wow, that's a pretty like oh my god like type of moment well what you both haven't brought up though that i am nervous about is the reason i kind of stopped watching the show was i was not really into negan and jeffrey d morgan and the ep the finale the mid-season finale ends with him escaping and that, yeah. even, though, even though i will say the way he escapes is pretty good like i like that his tennis ball it goes out and he's like, oh, damn it. You know, and then he finds out the door's open. I was like, that actually, it's well done. Like, I like that, but I really, I just, over I just it. don't. Over it? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my God, please. Way like, over it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, I mean, the then they had the teaser is that he, uh, they showed like a clip from the next episode and they have him creeping into Michonne's house and he goes into Judith's bedroom and thankfully, nobody's at home. I don't know why nobody's at home, but nobody's at home. And I was like, you got Negan with a shovel creeping into Michonne's house looking for her kids. Come on. 
first of all, I don't believe he's going to do anything. Like, he likes Judith. So I don't believe he's actually going to do anything to Judith. So it felt like false scariness. And I was like, you're lucky Michonne's not home because you get chopped up, dude. Like, I really just, I'm just, yeah, I'm over Negan. I'm just like, can we just go? Just move on, please. Yeah, well, the the whole problem with Negan, because the thing ended, and, and, you know, like I said, I'm glad Peter brought it up, because it ended with Negan going back to the sanctuary <clears throat> and whistling, oh, you know, that little Oh, whistle. yeah, that was in the trailer, and, right, right, right. And, and I'm like, I'm like, so what? Because the thing that was scary about Negan was that he was in charge. He wasn't just a guy with a bat. He was he was the the guru, the leader, the cult leader of all of these people. And that made him dangerous because he could do anything. Right now. He's nobody. He's I mean, he he literally has the things are gone. They're all dead. Yeah, they're either dead or scattered or they've been, you know, absorbed into other groups. Nobody's waiting around for him. So he's just he's just now a guy with a grudge and he's he's not terribly scary anymore. There's nothing about Negan to be inordinately terrified of. He's he's not any worse than any other random, potentially dangerous person who they would find down on the road. And they say know who he is. But anyway, but let's I was going to move on. Well, I just wanted to say one thing. One of the things I've liked about this season, but I mean, now it's kind of gone, was that I feel like and I feel like most of us probably feel this way is that one of the things I've always liked about The Walking Dead is that it doesn't it doesn't really have an end game. It's not like a Game of Thrones or a loss. Will they get off the island? Who will rule the throne? Like it is really just we hang out with these characters because we like them. You know, and they just, you know, they're trying to survive. And every now and then they meet some group of some crazy person and they have to defeat them. What I liked about this season, I guess until the break, was I kind of liked that because of, I guess, Negan, because I haven't seen the episode yet, but because Rick decides not to kill Negan to honor Carl's wishes, you have this clash between what Rick wants to do and what Maggie wants to do. And I kind of liked that. I was because I like both characters and I was like, okay, I can kind of see both points of view and Maggie's just not like evil and Rick's not evil. So I kind of like that. But of course now that's gone because I don't know if the, if Lauren Cohen's coming back and Rick is like, so, I mean, that was the thing that I thought was kind of interesting about this season. I was like, Oh, this is actually kind of a different dynamic because we, we like both of these camps. And so I don't know how it's going to resolve. But now that's gone. All right, but let's move on. Let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Doctor Who. And for me, the whole witch hunt thing was kind of boring, actually. I mean, I like the fact that she got, I don't know how she didn't see that she was going to get accused of being a witch. Like I could have seen, I could see that a mile off. I was like, She's a woman calling herself the doctor and and she's running around with a sonic screwdriver doing all kinds of stuff and they're in the middle of a witch hunt. But of course, she's like, no one's going to accuse me of being a witch. And then she has this first moment where she complains about kind of being a woman in the past. She was like, oh, this sucks. No one's taking me seriously. And she's, you know, doing all that. But uh, I don't know. I didn't find that story extremely compelling. Uh, what'd you guys think? I kind of liked it because we we don't really know that much about uh, the British witch the witch trials. So for me, that was kind of you know I, my wife is a medieval English uh, prof, 
So I asked her, why have, why were we never taught this? Because it didn't happen in America. So we don't care about stuff like this that happened in America. Uh, it was interesting. I mean, it wasn't fantastic, but it was interesting. It was mm. kind of, and Alan Cumming was fun. That was the best part of the show yeah. for me. Yeah, I My mean, Nubian yeah. when, Prince. When, uh, <laughs> well, was that just me, or was he hitting on him? I was like, oh, right? in, absolutely hitting in, on in, him. In real life, James was uh, rumored to like the boys. Yeah, because so that I was historically kept, accurate. Okay, because I kept thinking, I was like, it seems like he's hitting on him. And oh no, I, he definitely was. <laughs> no, Alan Cumming was having so much fun playing. He that was part. having fun. I, I, mean, I just loved it when, he, and I wasn't expecting him. I hadn't heard that he was cast in this. So when he shows up, and you, you know, he turns around, and and that's King James, and it's like I just, I just absolutely screamed. It was like yes. Because um, anything just, with Alan Cumming is going to be made better by Alan Cumming. Yeah, so. yeah. It's, it's kind of like bacon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> everything's better exactly. with bacon. Everything's better you know, with Cumming. I, I thought you I, were going to say Kevin Bacon, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I was like, no, "Oh, no, you like, mean the actual bacon?" bacon. Okay, actual never bacon. mind. Never mind. Um, what, what's kind of? I thought what was kind of interesting is this is the person that the King James Bible is named after, and he's got this weird obsession with witches, and he evidently liked guys so i thought that was i thought that was interesting yeah well that i mean those two things sound fun but the episode was like over an hour and i was just like it just it well went that's on because too of the long. way they chop it up for commercials yeah yeah but it just went on too long i'm sorry i just i well, i get was... what you're saying and he was highly entertaining i agree but i just thought the story was weak no, it was a throwaway episode otherwise, but I yeah. just I just enjoyed it tremendously for Alan Cumming and their take on King James. Okay. I'll take a throwaway episode from this from Chris Chibnall's writing staff over any arc stories from Moffat. <laughs> I'm yeah. not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on that. All <laughs> right. Uh, next up, let's talk about Arrow. And I haven't watched Arrow in like three, four seasons. And I started watching the prison arc because it looked kind of interesting. And I have to say the arc of what was happening outside the prison is super boring. Like just Mm -hmm. just is not compelling at all. The only thing that's keeping me in the story was stuff going on in the prison, and I literally would only watch that. I would fast forward through everybody else's story, like so. I cannot even talk about so. Th- so what this happened must be your episode because we didn't cut to outside the prison. That's for true. Anything this that's true. Uh, I actually was a little confused how Diaz got to the prison. I was like, wait, why is he there? And that was because I fast forwarded through the other storyline, so I didn't understand I, I how he got there. I just question the wisdom of keeping him for a villain for a season plus. Because I'm sorry, I He's really not, like the I like the I actor, like, but yeah, I like Kirk Acevedo as an actor. I don't like this character because yeah. he's he's basically he's perfectly evil in every way, except <laughs> that he's not interesting. Yes, I got you. Yeah, he's uh, perfectly evil, but he's not interesting. Yes, I agree. Um, I mean, their fight scene was weird too because we've seen through the whole episode. Uh, Oliver was kicking butt. Like, he's taking out all these guards, taking out all these people, blah, 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 blah. All of a sudden, he fights this dude, and he can't fight. Like, it was so yeah. weird. It, I was like... Uh, Unless it was a ruse to get him overconfident so he could get the final blow in. I mean, yes, that's what I... I kept thinking that was what was happening. I was like, is he pulling an Ali where he's just, like, letting him hit him? Like, what's going on? Rope-a-dope. Yeah, I, that's what I felt was happening, because, I mean, he didn't even throw any punches. It was weird. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, he kills him at the end. The end. And and, he, if, and anybody who couldn't tell that Stanley was not what he seemed, smack yourself. Because that I, was so tough. That was that so, was so I, I had been telegraphed. waiting for that reveal for like the moment he goes up to Oliver. He's like, "I'm going to be your best friend." I was like, "Okay, what's this guy?" At first, I thought he was working for Diaz. Mm-hmm. Like, and then they were like. You gotta find the middleman. Then I thought he was the middleman. I was like, oh, he's gonna be the middleman. And then he was the middleman. And then, like, every time something happens, like, oh, is he that? Like, I kept thinking he was whoever the next evil guy was. And then they finally revealed that he's, like, a serial killer. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, that was lame. They, he, that actor was, he was not playing it subtle enough. Like, no. if he was trying to make me believe that he was just this mild-mannered dude, he was playing it way too over the top to where I just kept trying to figure out how he was evil. I didn't know what he had done, but I knew he had done something. Um, yeah. So. And now he's out and he, about and killing people and mad at Oliver, and who cares? So, now we're at the end well, of the he, prison, so he's out of prison thank now. Thank goodness. Well, no, <laughs> I actually think that's bad because now I don't know what to fast-forward. I don't. I question the wisdom of these fast forward scenes too. I mean, I, mean, I like seeing Roy again. Oh, you mean seeing... in the future? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about yeah. me fast forwarding. Okay. Not yeah. not, fa- not fast forward. See, I mean, basically instead of flashback. Sorry, instead flash of flashbacks, forward, yes. flash forwards. Yes. Well, it doesn't make sense because that stuff I've been watching. The flash forward stuff doesn't make sense yet because. They keep talking about how evil uh, Felicity has become and her enemies have come back to kill her now. And I was like, what? What are you guys talking about? Like, none of it is making sense. And each each episode where they call themselves giving us more detail is just even more convoluted. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I like the flash forwards at first, but now I'm just like, okay, you guys are just like talking yourselves into circles. Um, Yeah. So I'm not that excited about it at the moment. Um, and I did at first. I was like, "Oh, they got Roy, not Roy. Is his name not Roy? I was gonna say Rory. Roy. It was Roy. Ugh. Anyway, so that's all we need to talk about for Arrow. The prison stuff was good. The rest of the stuff is bad. The end. Um, well, there, but there was no rest of stuff in this episode. So true. But now I'm worried that now that he's out, now the badness of the outside storyline are gonna creep into his, and so now I don't know what's gonna happen. So we'll see. Yeah, we get uh, Elseworlds in in two weeks, so. Who? We get we get the Elseworlds crossover soon. Oh, Elseworld! Yo, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that's true. Crossover. Uh, Legends this week was basically uh, the dad wanted to go on a mission. Uh, what's his name? And he dad? gets to meet Ernest Hemingway, and who was apparently a man's man. I was like, did I not know that? Like, I know about his poetry, but I hadn't heard. Oh, that Ernest he was supposed Hemingway? to be. Oh yeah. yeah. No. I didn't know he was supposed to be the man's man's oh, definition no, of a like, man. You know, the old man in the sea and yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so this was the episode where, uh, what is the dude's name and his dad? Oh, Nate and Hank. Nate, Nate and his father went on an adventure together. And then he had to learn that his son actually uses his brain to solve stuff instead of just shooting it. Uh, which I feel like if you're in charge of the defense department's budget, you should at least have an idea about that. But no, um, apparently he can sing. So there's that. Uh, oh yeah, that was fun. I can't remember. Oh, and the new intern, I love her. I love her. Oh, a lot. she's fun. 
She's fun. Uh, she's fantastic. She's just like the super over eager person that you didn't know you needed in your life until she joined, <laughs> until she shows up. <laughs> Uh, so I thought that was great. They did a happy birthday for Eva and everything, and all of that. I like that a lot better than Nate and his dad storyline. So that's all I got to say about Legends. Um, yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about the rookie. And I'm trying to remember. Peter, help me out. What happened in this episode? The one where um, there's a yearly thing where you each team has to try to get the most felony arrests. It's like a point oh, system. Oh right. And and then and, so, and then Nate uh Nathan Fillion's partner she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to do it because she breaks down to him why they shouldn't do it at the end, which I thought was a really good point. Right. And then like, to find and out it, that everybody has been maneuvering to make the other guy win every year. Adjusting the point so he always wins because that's his one moment that he loves the most or whatever. Right, um, but I thought I thought it's pretty entertaining. I've I've liked you know nine one one and Rookie are both new LA based shows that I enjoy very much more just because of the chemistry of the actors and stuff. I mean, I don't really have anything super specific to say about this episode, but I mean, I I well, I liked it. I like that moment where you th- where they find the homeless mother and her son and they well, want yeah that's what I was gonna say I was like that's a it's a good moment where you realize that's why it's more important. But yeah, like, but what I liked about it is they didn't solve it. Like, you know, they spent all day trying to find this woman and her son a place to sleep. And at the end of the day, they couldn't. Right. And so I actually thought that was great. So it wasn't even a happy ending. The The only thing they managed to do is give the little boy a blanket. You know, and I thought, I was like, whoa. Like, I thought that was basically the whole point is that the homelessness, the homelessness problem in L.A., is so bad that even if you have a cop that's really pushing to get you there and doing everything he can, there's just there's just too much and like the yeah, system no, can't I, sustain no, it. And um, and then the other arrests were all just you know they're all silly attempts. Oh no! But then you get to the end. No, you're we're on the wrong episode. This was the one where Wait, the ex-cop. I was. Wait, no, what? this is the one where the cop. Uh. He, they have to arrest a fellow cop. That was the oh. one we're talking about. Was the week before? Oh no! Then I guess I haven't seen that one. That's the last one that I just saw. Oh well, so real- there's was, one I, more. I was- <laughs> oh, all right, was it good? Yeah, it's really good because uh, Nathan Fillion's character, who I just I'm blanking on his name right now, um, he that guy was his training officer at the academy, and like the night before he does something, they're out drinking, having a good time. And he's like, are you too drunk to drive? And he's like, no, I'm fine. And it's not like, because I thought he was going to do something driving, but he actually drunkenly goes over and assaults someone. And so then they're like, well, we need to bring you in. And he's like, I'm not going to be arrested. And it's like cop versus cop. So he trained Nathan's character. And then he was partners with one of the other TOs. So everyone knows him. And so nobody wants to hurt him. But he's trying to do suicide by cop. You know, and he's trying, like, the whole cat and mouse thing that's going on. Like, he outmaneuvers them until they start. Cause, and then it's so great because the rookies are like, have all of you thought about how to escape the police? And they're all like, yes, absolutely. We all have our escape plans. And so, because they all start talking about what his next move is going to be because he's on the run. 
And they're like, what would you do? And they were like, I'd do this and do that and do this. And so, and the, the rookies are all looking at them like, what is wrong with you guys? And they're like, <laughs> yes, we've all considered it. Um, so it's great. It's a really good, exciting episode. So right. I think yeah. it's, I think it's better right. than the one we were just talking about. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it's got a layer of seriousness to it too. Uh, because you realize why this guy kind of went off the deep end and that it could happen to any one of them. So it's good. All right. Cool. Uh, next up, let's talk about 911. And this episode was the one you were dreading, Peter, where the ex-boyfriend of the 911 operator was going to show up. And what's great is that you didn't see that guy coming, which I think is hilarious. No, cause... it's funny because that's the thing that kind of – soured me a little because i thought it was a good episode i like um i always forget is it chimney yeah chimney yeah chimney of course his his further kind of like trying to be in uh, the jennifer love hewitt i forgot what her character's name is trying to be in her life and, and they get her a christmas tree and then she's like oh i don't want a christmas tree and we see in the past why that was all fine what i didn't like and this is where i didn't see it was the there's a guy that is very helpful to him throughout the episode. And because 911, 911's not, it's not supernatural, but they've had a zombie, they've had zombie Valentines, they've had things where it's like. Something it's, magical. It, right, it stretches reality. So when this guy shows up and is like, oh, I can help you, and then he disappears, I was like, oh, okay, it's just goofy 911 stuff. But you know what? Honestly, I think I would have preferred that because by the end, <laughs> by the end we realize. He's the ex, well, or the husband. He's the guy that she's running away from. Right. And I was like, oh, come on. I was like, eh, give me a break. Like, yeah, I mean, I really like the show. It's a very, it's one of my favorite new shows, but I really. Well, I knew I mean, when I was I watching that scene, I knew that was going to be your reaction because when they first introduced the idea of the ex-husband, you were like, well, as long as he doesn't show up, this will be fine. And I was like, you do realize we're watching television, <laughs> right? <laughs> of course he's going to show up. Uh, so when he did show up, I was like, Peter's going to hate this. But on the other end, you had, oh, Peter Krause's character. Oh, my God. Um, Angela Bassett's character. What are their names? Help me out. Uh, Athena is her. Athena and Bobby. Thank you. So Bobby. Athena and Bobby's storyline took a swiss, a swiss swerve. And the thing that's weird about it is, okay, so Athena offers Bobby a key and basically is saying, hey, why don't you move in? And he freaks out. And what I thought was weird about that moment is he's always been the one that pushes their relationship to the next level. Every time it's always been Athena that's been hesitant. And he's always been like, we can do this. We can do this. This relationship's great. I want to meet your kids. I want to do whatever. I want to spend the holidays with you. So he's always been super enthusiastic about it. So then when she offers to let him move in, he's like, whoa, 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 breaks. You know, I, was like, I wasn't ready for that. That's too much. And I was like, what? That's strange. And he goes, the whole point was for him to go through the episode and see all the different relationships that these different people have that he sees throughout the day and to realize that he's lucky to have Athena. Like, that's kind of the point of all the little adventures he goes through. And then at the end of the day, he one-ups her from, hey, let's move in, to he gives her a ring. And I was like, dude! You can't go from, well, I don't know if I want to move into you with you yeah. to, will you marry me? Like, I was like, what? I felt like she should have whiplash from, yeah, I from that. I agree. I mean, I, I'm rooting for them as a couple, but I, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. 
Yeah, just and and I want them to be. They're a great couple. I love them together. But I don't think his reaction to her, like if he had been like fine, like he was like, oh, you surprised me, and then he was fine with it, and then at the end of the episode, he asked her to marry him with the ring. That would have worked. But how weirded out he was. He didn't even show up at her house the next day because he was like, oh, she's going to expect an answer from me. And I was like, what is going on with you? Like, he was so out of character with being resistant to her that I didn't even know what was happening. And I feel like that, to me, is inconsistent writing. The way they've been writing Bobby, he's absolutely the guy that would ask her to marry him. And he's absolutely the guy that when she asked him to move in, he would have been like, yeah, which is why when she asked him, she did it so casually because she absolutely expected him to say yes. You know, it's like she, she didn't even look at him when she did it. She was like folding clothes or whatever and was like, oh, hey, do you want to move in? And, and, and then she heard all this silence and was like, what? Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, any, <laughs> any other comments about 911? Nope. It was good. Yeah. All right. I like the show. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about This Is Us. And this episode, we have Jack in um, Vietnam, Vietnam. With, with his brother, and they're having their issues. At the same time, we have Kevin, also in Vietnam, trying to retrace his dad's steps and being disappointed by the story he finally gets, which is weird because I really thought there was going to be some weird revelation that was going to happen. And then there was like, like oh, no, I don't know, like the woman had his kid or something. There's like an extra uh, no, person that- or... That happened all the time in Vietnam, you know what I mean? So I was just kind of, I was waiting for something, and then, but that was kind of the point, was that... Well, we did wasn't. get the big reveal. Yes, so, there was. Yes, there was the reveal that the brother's not dead, yes. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> <laughs> so why is he telling his family and everybody else that his brother died? Uh, I was like, he must be one of those, you're dead to me situations. Yeah, TBD. basically... The brother that he knew no longer exists, right. I think, is what he was saying. Right. Kind of like uh, Obi-Wan's story that, that Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> he killed your father. <laughs> and then he calls him on it. It's like, well, it is kind of true after a fashion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now I, we know I, the I wonder how I wonder how the uh, Pearson clan is going to react to this not not in, a, not in a happy way i'm pretty sure yeah cause and especially gonna... especially Kevin. rebecca why mm-hmm. oh because that means he lied to her is that what you mean yeah well, oh, unless she knew because we know she's good at keeping secrets yeah she does have a lot of secrets <laughs> um but i i don't like speaking of rebecca i liked uh her relationship with the daughter or the granddaughter sorry the mm-hmm. granddaughter was like, she was feeling ill, and she's like, she's like, I feel ill in my bones. I feel I got to take so much ibuprofen, and she's like, all of it is because of all these secrets and things I put on myself that made me age faster than I am. And she's like, I don't want you to do that. And it was so that was a really good speech. There, that's the one thing I have to say about this is us. They give really good speeches. All the Pearsons, they're just <laughs> and great. everybody gets one. Very you inspirational. And you get a speech. They're really good at those speeches, but. Yeah, that was great what she said to her. And then I liked uh, when the daughter came in and was like, gave, dropped her news. And it was like, okay, I don't want to talk about it. I'm gone. Uh, which I thought was pretty right on for a teenager. I was like, that's exactly what a teenager would do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I liked that the wife just laid down the law. 
she was like, look, I need you to stop the campaign. I need you to do this. You said this, this, and this. And then he was like, well, when I said that, what I had meant was, and she was like, okay, then you're sleeping on the couch. <laughs> that, for me, this did not feel like Randall because he tends to be a person of his word. And he should realize you can't, he can't win this. Nope. Well, no, but I mean, the thing is, this this whole storyline annoys me a lot because mm-hmm. he's running he's running for a, a political position in a town he doesn't actually live in, and I don't think that you can do that legally. Um, no, but he so owns right property. Get, well, he, he owns, owns property, property there, there, so you he can. Owns property there, but you sh- but that's different. I mean, from actually making that your address, because usually there are laws saying that needs to be your actual address where you where you live so it, it you know that's stretching things to say that i mean for the pro- for the purpose of the show okay fine but you know now they have him he's running and then they tell him like before the the thing has even before the campaign's even concluded yeah there's no way you're going to win this but and and it's like okay well drop out well no he's not gonna he wouldn't drop out at this point first of all he's in the last stretch of it and if if he has any desire to maybe run again, again he has to finish he would have to finish because right. if he quits no one's ever going to take him seriously for anything right, ever right. again right. whereas if he sees this through to the end then maybe he can finish well or better than what was expected and he can be a real contender the next time right so Forcing him to quit now just makes absolutely no sense, and it seems like something that's just deliberately being done to to cause make con- to conflict. Av- it causes it causes conflict in what will eventually drive them apart. As a conflict. I don't, I hope I'll, not. I'll, I'll raise you and add. I just thought the whole storyline was kind of weak because a you're out of sync with real time and elections. And you're trying to do a Thanksgiving show, but the elections would be over in real life. So I just thought that they they, they missed the boat and the timing. And it just came out of nowhere. It's just like, we need something for Random to do. Oh, let's have him run for office. It's like, oh, they have to, they have to make so many undulations in the script to make it kind of work in reality. I don't think it was... I think it was ill-considered. It, I, don't think, I, I don't think this is the actual... They, they showed you the flash forward to make you think this was why they broke up, but you know how this show works. This, has, this probably has nothing to do, nothing why, to do with that. why they might eventually break up. So I'm not worried about them actually breaking up right now. Well, I don't uh, think they're going to break up now, but I think it's like one of those things that lead to... Um, what that is and it, they also the show actually had two reveals you know as, as far as uh the twists are concerned because now we know the identity of who it is everybody's going to see oh right in this future time oh, it's, yeah rebecca yeah rebecca, yeah, right. rebecca who is All potentially right. not doing too well right well you would think not i mean she's kind of old by then so that makes sense mm-hmm. uh all right let's move on uh next up we want to talk about the flash and this episode was more of Nora being a child, but in a way that sort of made sense. Like, I get the trauma of watching her dad die and then trying to, like, bring him back to life with her electricity was, like, scarring. And which I think the solution to that would have been like, okay, you can take a timeout and you don't have to work on the next case because that's obviously a very traumatizing experience. And nobody talked to her about it 
like it was a traumatizing experience. Everybody's like, okay, let's just keep going. And she's freaking out, I think, and legitimately. I think she legitimately had a freak out about the oh, whole she, situation. What I thought was interesting about about her, her uh, journey in this episode is the fact that her anger at her mother was really displaced aggression toward her him father. Right. He, it was abandonment issues. Right. So that was interesting to see it play out. Um, I hope we're done with this with her. <laughs> it's not fun. You know, yeah, it's not fun to watch. I, I, I liked the resolution last week. And then, of course, guess what? It's not over. But I thought it was fun to to bring back uh, Weather Wizard 2. And oh, then right. have his daughter have daddy issues. I mean, obviously they. <laughs> well, at first they you're thinking up. they want to. She wants to reunite with him, but then to find out she just wants to throw a car on top she of wa- him. She wants to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always good to see Liam McIntyre. Yeah. Um, and the thing with um, the the secret origin of Cicada that was interesting. I, I I look at Chris, what's his face from the American Pie movies, and think, dude, you got kind of old quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the cicada thing. I actually did like his relationship with his daughter. I thought that was kind of cool. But I, what I didn't get, and I call foul on, is his transition from he's just he becomes from, this, from deadbeat dad to to no you know, no no knows best. no no no. I have no problem with the evolution of his relationship with his daughter. I was cool with that. What I didn't like is after they get hit by the pieces of satellite. And uh-huh. then the nurse comes in and goes, those metas are the reason this happened. And then on the TV, they were like, the Flash just saved everyone from the satellite. And so he went from just regular guy to being like, I will kill all metas. Like, that transition happened too fast. And I didn't believe it. Um yeah, but you know, this is typical of Berlanti shows. Everybody has the emotion that's appropriate for the next scene. You know, I mean, that's it. It's like this five-minute span, they feel this way. And then as soon as they need to move the plot in another direction, they feel another way. And and it's just, that's how it goes. It's the, You know, that's why these shows I, I have so little patience with at this point, because nobody really behaves like an adult nobody really behaves like a person i was gonna say like a human being yeah and their their emotions are just just completely ephemeral they they just drift whatever way the plot needs them to yep well in this particular case i agree because i thought we're supposed to see the evolution of his character and i thought we'd find out why he hates metas and i still don't get why he hates metas because the script says so that's right let's move on let's move on next up we're going to talk about black lightning and this episode, uh, we have uh, Jefferson finds the baby, he gets captured, and what's hilarious is they take his suit and they just shoot him up with electricity. And I was like, yeah, yeah. let's shoot him up with electricity. I was well, the like, thing is, they thought that they the thought suit. the suit gave him the power. Right. They didn't yeah. Realize, uh, yes. Nobody, but I'm like, everyone's said... a meta. Even she's a meta. She has powers that has nothing to do with a suit. And why it didn't occur to her that he might as well just baffled me and so they're just like let's read because this whole thing was he was he ran out of charge he ran out of juice so they're just like shooting him up and i was like oh my god people um, i really i was watching that scene and going what about the name black lightning do you not get <laughs> so that was just criminals being dumb so that well was you know racist criminals being dumb yes yeah, true Oh my god, that was pretty funny. And so then he then he explains it to them and 
kicks their butts and takes the baby. And I saw the stuff with the baby and the racism and having the one black baby and the one white baby was interesting. Um, and I liked kind of the resolution of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was nice. But uh, then there was the whole bit where the the woman they're fighting her in like the shopping mall. Eh. Oh, looker. Yeah, I didn't know how I felt about the resolution of that. They're like, we'll just put her in Iron Heights or whatever. Whatever their prison is in whatever that universe. Whatever their version of Iron Heights is. Yeah. I was surprised she wasn't dead because she got impaled on that Yeah, thing. she <laughs> yeah, totally what, did it. Well. Me. What was the sign? There was something funny about the sign. I read it to my wife and we both laughed. It's what like sign? half off or... Oh. <laughs> I didn't read Some it. kind of sale thing. I didn't see the sign. Now, but... for, for my money, Black Lightning is the most entertaining of the CW Berlandi shows. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the, it has Probably the... because Berlandi has the least to do with it than the it's got a serious. It's got a serious tone and humor. Oh, and then you have the daughter, Jennifer, reveals her powers to, what's his name? To Khalil. Yeah, and they have that good, they have a good moment, but them running off was just like, oh, come on, why teenagers? Why do you have to be such teenagers, teenagers? <laughs> at least uh, they're acting like teenagers they are i mean i can't fault them like i get her reason because they basically locked her and she keeps talking about it you've locked me up like i'm in a, a prisoner and it's true they have <laughs> and so, his boss is trying to kill him <laughs> yeah so like i get it i get it i just i'm like oh, now we gotta do this annoying storyline now um but i they also these arcs pretty quickly on black they, that's though. true and I do like that, uh, what's his name, Gibney, Gamby? Gamby is back. Gamby. And got caught red-handed. Um, I did like the reunion moment, though. That was good. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, you know, the thing is with, with the daughter running off, as, I, I like her as an actress. I think she's really good. It's just I don't think that the storyline is going anywhere that I want to see. Right. I found myself actively thinking, oh my God, am I going to just fast forward through these scenes? Because it's just like, it doesn't seem to be tying into anything else that everybody she, yeah, else is the, doing. The whole thing is you're waiting for her to join the team. Like she's starting yeah. to get control of her powers and she's getting better at it, but she still intellectually has not been like, hey, let me join the fighting, the fight. She still is not on that page, and that's the part where I'm like, come on, guys, let's do this. Yeah, it's just meandering around. And the thing is, I wish they would get to that, because I think she's one of the stronger actors in the show. I really like her, and she's, you know, she's got a lot to, I think, add to the the cast if they just integrate her storyline with everything else. Did did Cousin Pam tell the parents that that um you know, you know i'm calling cousin eric alexander played cousin pam on the cosby show the last seasons um <laughs> did she tell jefferson and lynn that she was with khalil or just no she's just a boy she just said a boy but so so they don't know they don't know they don't khalil. know yeah because right. that's gonna be that's gonna be uh, uh an pro- interesting thing which is when why they find she, out well, which is why she didn't tell them it was khalil she knew because she told her my parents hate khalil like she told her that so that's why she didn't say Khalil. She just said a boy. Um, but yeah, I don't care. Like, that's the storyline that I wish I could skip past. So I was like, can we just get to the end of that one? Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about The Kids Are Alright, which I is a comedy I've been loving and apparently one of the comedies that Peter hadn't been watching. And I was like, dude, you watch all the comedies. How are you not watching this really good one? So, Peter, you, you watched all of them really fast. What do you think? 
Well, it's only like five episodes, five or six episodes. Um, I, I'm still, it's charming. It's it's not. I don't think it's a. Uh, it's a heartwarming kind of sitcom. You know, I mean, it's essentially kind of like a a Wonder Years redux. It takes place in the '70s, and I am also a kid of the '70s, so obviously there's a lot I can relate to. I didn't grow up with. What is it? Eight, six? How many eight, boys? Eight, eight boys. Eight boys. Like I didn't grow up like that, but I mean, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and of course, you know, the mom and dad. I don't remember the actor. I think the the mom is Mary McCormick, who has been on West My, Wing. And Michael and, Michael Cutlass. And then you're right. He was on Southland and Abraham Abraham on uh, Walking Dead, and I like them. Um, and it's narrated by one of the middle kids, the redhead who's who has a love for theater. Um, I I was actually wondering if. Do you think this is like Fresh Off the Boat where the person who's kind of the center narrating or whatever is basically the the writer showrunner? Yeah, I think like that's this his is, life. Yeah, I think this is basically Yeah, that's what I was life. thinking. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, no, no, no. Very – no, yes. I, I, I totally like it. And, and and it's always – I think anytime you – it's one of the things that period shows can kind of do in a fun – well, fun or scary depending on the, the genre way where – there's all these things in this world that the mom or the dad care about or don't care about. And of course the reactions are very tied to being in the seventies, you know, like, so it's interesting. Like, I mean, I, I, I really, I'm sorry. Cause I watched a whole bunch of them. There's the one episode, I don't know, was this, this one, but there's the episode where the mom takes the girlfriend to like a fashion show. Oh, right. 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 And just her reaction to things versus the daughter, even though she's trying to get the daughter on, not the daughter the the girlfriend somewhat on a good side you know like all that works really well i always also i really like how the mom in general is always like two steps ahead of everyone in that house yes right everyone in the house and everyone knows it you know and they're always trying like i think that's great you know um well look, yeah, i also i, I really yeah. like the microwave episode where the dad came home with that microwave and he was so excited and he wanted to test it out and we, who all know what you can and cannot put in a microwave, were just like, I was like, no, don't put the egg in the microwave. And, <laughs> and, and he didn't know yet. And so he's like, it's supposed to cook everything twice as fast. Let's hard boil this egg. And I was like, oh, my God. And then it's like blows up. And I like that the wife like put a fork in there and blew it up uh, because she was just tired of him making a mess of trying to cook all these things in the microwave. And right, then right, yeah. he, of course, blames the kids, which is logical. And I love that it goes through the whole episode. And you get to the very end, and she's like, yeah, "Okay, fine, I sabotage your microwave." Um, like well, no, all no, no, of that no. was good. She says something. No, no. Remember, she's like something about the fork, and he's like, "I didn't tell you there was, was a fork." A fork? <laughs> yeah, so it's like she gets found out, and then right. she's like, "All right, fine." You know, like yeah. <laughs> all of that is really great because he the I like that the dad thinks he actually I know it's supposed to be about the kids, but I actually really like the parents better. I like all their interactions. Oh, I like too. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're good. So for me, that's the highlight of the show. It's just their relationship and of the time that they were from and how they relate to each other. And they have very specific roles. And she's trying to, like, follow his expectations of the roles. But she's kind of, like, a little bit more... Not advanced, that's not the word I'm looking for, but she's kind of trying to find a little bit of her independence too. And so I really like like that give and take and that push and pull of their relationship. It's great. So, no, yeah. I agree. Yeah. So you I, asked my, me my, if only... I was laughing out loud, and my answer is yes, I was. 
Well, yeah, that's the only thing is that I really do like I get a lot of comfort from the reason I've I, I mean, I just I don't know. I grew up more with sitcoms and stuff. And so I get a lot of comfort from the laugh en- track, en- enjoying seeing the live. No, 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 not the laugh track. No, enjoying in- enjoying the lives of these characters. And they're usually they're u- sitcoms. It's usually either a family or it's an office. Right. right. The, which you could say is a there may not be a literal family, but it's like they become like a family or whatever. But um, but I am fine. A lot of times I will tell you about a show a comedy that I like. And a lot of times you're like, nah, I don't really think it's that funny. And a lot of times for me, I don't really have to think of the shows that funny. It's more that I just, I don't know. I, I enjoy spending these times with the characters in it. So this show doesn't really make me laugh out loud. I chuckle a little and it's, I smile, but like, that's not really, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean like, uh, you know, the office, you know, maybe in the first couple seasons had some pretty good laugh out loud things, but by the reason I stayed with the office is because I cared about the characters, which is what it sounds like you feel about the kids are all right. Well, no, I also laugh out loud watching the show. I, it's both. I like the characters and I laugh out loud. I think it's a, I mean, really? I mean, I mean, I can't really think of it. Our humor obviously is very different. Well, true, true. I mean, so shows that like, you've been trying to get me to watch superstore forever. And every time I try to watch it, I don't think it's funny at all. And you're just like, no, it's the funniest show ever. And I'm like, meh. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have, dear listeners, I have never said it was the funniest show. <laughs> Let's not say that. I just enjoy it. But I'm it just saying it. it's a show that you have repeatedly tried to convince me is funny. And I have repeatedly said I do not agree. Right, you know? right. But anyways, but, you know, but yeah, yes, I am liking Kids Are All Right. All right, then. Next up, we're going to talk about legacies, and when I say we, I mean everyone with me. This is episode five. Go, guys. What'd you think? By far their best episode so far. I This is my first time watching the show, and it just happened that a friend of mine co-wrote the episode, Thomas Brandon. Uh, you know, um, it was well done. I'm not sure if this is a show that I would come back to watch a lot, because it does remind me of typical cw but very well done you know well cast good acting i love the ethnic balance of your characters it's good to see alaric salzman back from the dead (laughs) he's been back from the dead for a while you know yeah but i stopped watching vampire diaries a while ago (laughs) Uh, and i stopped and i stopped watching the spinoff when they got rid of rebecca oh okay i was like go ahead uh, peter well, I haven't seen originals, and I stopped watching Vampire Diaries, so I've... There are some things when I watch Legacies where I do get a little confused, and I have to ask Libya, but um, but this particular episode, I mean, the fact that they finally... Because I don't know how much Tom knows about this, but... You, so basically, we've had a Monster of the Week, and the monsters can't talk, and this is the first time that it's kind of like a... Well, I don't want to say a sentient being, because I guess the gargoyle was sentient, but yes, it's basically one where... You basically have a character. You have the bad guy trapped in a room, right? It's this kind of tree woman thing where they got that that classic circle witch thing, so she can't go past that. Um, and of course, I don't know why. You know, freaking, you know, a supernatural one hundred and one. You don't open the window, like <laughs> don't for that. But whatever. I mean, but like, but but still, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that part was good. And I and I think this show, like the early seasons of Vampire Diaries, is a good has a good balance of that. Like, I guess like the teen drama. So in this one, it's the we're gonna have each each what is it? Each class has a like there's gonna be a witch a honor, council. Council. honor council. Yeah, 
Right. And so, of course, the the hook, of course, is that the surprise is that um, Hope, because she's the try, she's the only one of her kind. So, like, she by default becomes one of them. Right. I think. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was all like, I yeah, that was good. And also, I got to say the character. Sorry, uh, Libya, who's the guy that he's kind of he's basically the character that, you know, she loves and hates who she loves and hates. Uh, Hope. The one that basically they're going to try to vote out. Landon. Landon. So Landon... The kid who doesn't seem to have any powers. Yes. Correct. So Landon, I liked in the pilot, and then I haven't really found him very engaging either as an actor or as a character. But I got to say, this was the best one. Like, this was the best one where I was like, okay, I kind of see his point of view, and I understand why his friend wants to protect him and keep him there, even though he might not have powers. And like, I thought that was all pretty well handled like i yeah like i enjoyed it. and of course by the end he doesn't win like he has to leave you know like i was like okay that makes sense you know and then the other end i really like lizzie so i was de- just as devastated uh, as lizzie was when she did not win the uh, election but i but i did understand i thought that um god I, so is it penelope what's her name penelope yes i was right when penelope gives the reason to her about her other sister always being in her shadow. I was like, oh, okay, I get that. Like, yeah, I get it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but no, overall, that was, yeah, that was a pretty good, like, I would say these last few episodes, really, I'm like, I'm very much on board with this show, um, which is saying something because I haven't watched originals and I had given up on Vampire Diaries. So I think that's a plus. Allison, are you watching or no? Oh, yeah, I am. What'd and I actually like that scene where she, she explains why she uh, went against her and had her sister win instead because it, it, it gave something more to that character than just being bitchy. Because right. up yes. to this point, you know, she's been very one-dimensional, evil for the sake of being evil, just, you know, I mean, if she had a mustache, she'd twirl it. <laughs> and, you know, that was getting really old. And to see that there's actually, you know, some other thing motivating her that there's something deeper and actually deeper emotions at play that there's something genuine that that goes underneath all that um was nice to see in the character so i really i appreciated that scene that was that was nicely done um the dryad uh bit was was nice too in that it moved this arc along i'm interested in finding out what the purpose of the this knife is and why everybody can't remember things and all of that. Clearly, uh, you know, we're going to find out that Landon is some kind of creature. He's but, got something. Um, he's got something. And uh, that picture of his mother with the little uh, charm around her neck, that's exactly what the dryad scratched out, you know, as she was being held captive. Um, that clearly points to there's some big thing and some reason, you know, that that people can't remember and that uh, powers are being suppressed and whatnot. And so all of that looks good. All of that is, is you know, keeping me watching and leading me on. Yay. All right. So we'll so, find out what Malivore means? Eventually. Yes. Oh, wait, wait. Before we end, uh, Allison, what do you think of Caleb? The black um, dude? The, which, well, there's a lot He's, of black dudes. The vampire um, with the dreads. Oh, the, the jerk. Oh. Yes. The, the, oh, the one that they, the one that was in jail. In, the one in the jail. One who was in, who, who was in supernatural jail. Um, supernatural jail. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, 
I like his character. I like the actor. You know, he's he's doing really well. I don't know how to quite place him because his the way he was introduced made him seem like a completely different character than the way they're treating him now. It's like he was just you know a nice guy when we first met him, though. If you know, well, if not a little necessarily wheeling. No, well, the I mean, first he, time I, you I, meet him, the first time you meet him, he very much was saying that they are superior beings because they're supernatural. That's that's the first thing he says when you meet him. I don't remember that. I remember him mostly. I mean, he didn't like he didn't like the rules and regulations because right. he found it constricting. But I didn't get so much the superiority, you know, the kind of fascistic we're superior beings until just this the last couple episodes. So it's yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure, you know what to make of his character yet. I don't think it's going in a good direction. That's for sure. All I'm but... going to say is wait for it. Okay. <laughs> that's Such it. a tease. Yep. That's all I can say. All right. But, I mean, but, I, but it sounds oh. like we're all liking the show. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yay. All right. Uh, next up. Uh, and don't forget my episodes next week. And it's, I think this one's a 10. Like it's really good. Right. In your modest opinion. In my modest <laughs> opinion, yes. Totally unbiased. Not biased at all. At all. I've only watched that episode, you know, 20, 30 times. It's fine. That's all. Right. All. <laughs> all right. Next up, we're going to talk about Titans. And this was called Donna Troy. And I know that... Uh, the big, deep uh, comic book readers love this episode. They were like, oh, this is so amazing. But I went through half the episode going, I don't know who Donna Troy is. Like, and they don't tell you. She, yes, they did. They tell they tell you at the very, like, almost at the very end. She goes, oh, she, she, they have this conversation at the beginning in the flashback where she says, uh, Bruce is downstairs talking to Diana. And I was like, oh, you mean like Wonder Woman? And then she goes, we're, we're the sidekicks, which I get. But I still didn't know who the heck she was. And then at the towards the end of the episode, she goes something about being Wonder Girl, and I was like, "Who the heck is Wonder Girl?" And uh, my friend, my friend got mad at me because I told him that. <laughs> not one. They didn't introduce Wonder Woman. Hashtag Libya her. is a fake nerd. I'm not a fake nerd. I haven't <laughs> heard of Wonder time. Girl. I've heard of everyone else. I was like, "Who the heck is Wonder Girl?" And um, they don't tell you. Anything they expect you to know it all, which is my frustration with this show. Wait, I, has, her name's Diana, and yeah. she's a wonder, but she's not Wonder Woman. No, 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 no. Donna Di- Troy is Wonder Girl. Right. They name drop Diana and Bruce, Wonder Woman and Batman. Right. Oh. So okay. we didn't see okay. either right. one of them. We just heard. We just saw Robin and Wonder Girl chatting amongst themselves, saying that Diana and Bruce were downstairs talking. So young did, Diana and young, young right, Dick. Right. So they were they were like, I can't believe they're hanging out again or whatever. And I was just kind of like, okay, well, obviously she's Wonder Woman's sidekick. I was like, when did Wonder Woman get a sidekick? Like, I don't know that story. Like, I've watched so much Justice League, and so and part of it fun, is because is I think fact, because Libya. I I watch it and don't read it. But go ahead. Fun fact, Libya. Mm-hmm. Wonder Girl actually made it to television cartoons before Wonder Woman did. When? In the 60s Teen Titans cartoon series. In the there 60s? Were three, it, there were three episodes of the Filmation Teen Titans 
series, as well as Justice League of America, uh, Flash, Hawkman, and others. Yes, but, I yeah. didn't watch cartoons the, in the 60s, I'm sorry. And the other fun fact is the first cartoon appearance of Wonder Woman is in a Brady Kids episode. <laughs> the year, the season before Super Friends starts. Okay, well, Super Friends is probably the first cartoon that I remember watching that had superheroes in, in it. Because I remember the uh, the Wonder Twins activating. Like, that's it. That's my first oh, that cartoon. Was, that was the second set of Junior Super Friends. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, that's the in- one I watched. All right, it, and so I've never heard of Wonder Girl, and I was very upset that I didn't know what the heck was happening in this episode. That's all. Okay. One of the interesting things about one of the reasons why I like Titans and Black Lightning is we don't start with the origin stories of the the first of the team or the character per se. In both cases, you know, Dick Grayson has been Robin for like sixteen years. Right. You know. Uh, in Black Lightning, the pilot is Jefferson Pierce coming out of retirement. So you have this whole history. There was a Teen Titans team with people besides Robin on it and Wonder Girl and Hawk and Dove are some of the members. So we're starting in the middle of the story instead of at the beginning. And I think that's even though it, it problem... kind of depends on a, a lot of fanboys kind of connecting the dots. Right. That's the problem I have is that I really legit don't know what's going on. And but, it's but, very frustrating to me. See, now, well, I won't ask where you're getting your Titans thing from, but DC Universe has been pretty good that when they do introduce these characters like Jason Todd or Donna Troy, they put up a thing, you know, they put up oh, cer- the specific issues of the comic books in DC Universe in yes, the, in I, the I, app I, and the website. I've heard that, but I'm like, so I have to do pre-reading before I can watch the episode, which I think is stupid. Well, um, no, it's not, it's not pre-reading. It's just that if you don't know these characters, I mean, they, they give you enough information to intimate what the connections are. But face yeah. it, they were not counting on casual viewers to fork out seven ninety five or whatever a month to subscribe for the honor of watching Well, Titans I know, but I don't necessarily consider myself a casual uh, viewer. I mean, I think I'm not like a, a mundane that doesn't know anything about comics. I just, I'm just really getting frustrated that, I mean, because I know, I know enough, it's one of those situations where I know enough to be dangerous. So I know enough about these characters, because well, basically I know a lot about Batman and he's mm-hmm. not in it. <laughs> so that doesn't help me. We've um, seen a silhouette. <laughs> so uh i mean and i know a lot about robin and i know that he's nightwing and i know all of that stuff but it's like i don't know enough to follow this show and it's frustrating me that's all and so then my friend who works in a comic book shop gave me a list of reading and he told me these are the things i need to read Livia, here's your homework for next week because yes. <laughs> I had the same complaint to him. I was like, dude, this isn't, I can't follow this and I don't know who this is and blah, 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 blah. He was like, okay. And and he's giving me, I have to watch uh, Teen Justice? Justice? Young Justice. Young Justice. So he told me I need to watch Young Justice. So now my homework is to watch Young Justice and to, he gave me a graphic novel to read. And That's weird because she's not in Young Justice. I don't know. He told me to watch Young Justice. So I'm, I'm going to watch Young Justice and hope that I then understand more of what's happening. Because <laughs> I don't. Nah. The, the interesting thing is Young Justice is not the Teen Titans. I mean, 
well, some of the it. characters overlap, but there's yeah. He just told me he told me to watch because he said, "Well, you like because I was like, all my knowledge comes from the, all the animated Super movies Friends. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, not just Super Friends. I watched all the Justice League. I watched all that other stuff. All that stuff I watched. All the Batman's, everything." Uh, anything I, I, I can get my hands on that's animated or whatever, I've watched it. Um, but I haven't read all the comics. That's true. So anyway, so I'm continuously, each week, frustrated with this show. I liked last week a lot. I thought last week was fantastic because they were working as a team. They were all trapped in... in um, asylum. In the asylum. And they all had to work together to get out. I thought that was great. I was like, that, this, I was like this is the best one they've ever done. And then they, as soon as they're a team, they immediately break up. And, every, and then they start hanging out with people I don't know again. And I'm like... That's my. Fr- I'm like, will you get them gelled as a team before you start introducing random other characters? And so that's but what I not. really. I know you're saying they're not random, but they're random to me. From a viewer of this particular show, I've never seen these characters before. So I, I want them to be a team before you start introducing new people. That's all I'm saying. And if you were going to say that him and uh, Donna Troy were best friends as kids. How come we've seen 5,000 flashbacks with young um, Grayson and we've never seen him with her? If they had had her in the other flashbacks, this would have worked a lot better. But they only well, have her in one flashback for this particular episode, and I was like, it felt cheap. Nah, that's, I mean, we've seen, we saw that one flashback of him with Hawk and Dove. No, I from... mean, I'm talking about as a kid. They've had a lot of flashbacks of Grayson as a kid hanging out in Bruce's manor, doing all kinds of stuff. Where They, they talked about they spent all their childhood together. Why wasn't she there? At because least in one of the flashbacks. At least have a... They hadn't cast the character yet and figured I, out what episodes... Uh, yes, that's my point. That's not... Exactly. That's bad writing. That was my point. If, you, if you're going to do this... And they shot this show and had all the episodes cut together before they aired it. They could have easily shifted... One of those flashbacks. That's all I'm saying. It's bad writing, in my opinion. And I would have swallowed the episode better if we had seen her as a little kid hanging out with him earlier. The end. That's all I have to say. <laughs> what do you think about the revelation that Starfire is there to kill Raven, not protect her? I don't believe bum, it. Bum, bum. I don't believe it. I think... Because remember she said there's all these different meanings to the translation? Um, mm-hmm. so well, it's I, like, it's like aloha means hello and goodbye. Right. And it could be to protect her. So instead of being to kill her, it could be to protect her. Um, and her granted her reaction when she did her little magic on her was to grab her by the throat. So that's not looking good, but I don't believe she's there to hurt Raven. I don't, I think that will be revealed in the next episode. Amidst the Hawk and Flash the or the, the Hawk and Dove flashback. What? We're having another Hawk and Dove episode? It's called Hank and uh, Don. Ah! Oh, okay. I will say the way they've laid out the arc is a little, is not wonky. traditional. It's wonky. And, and having episode four as a backdoor pilot for another series is really crazy. Exactly <laughs> my point. Like, and everybody's like, no, it's great. I was like, no, it's terrible. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that they're doing this stuff out of order. 
Um, I think that they should have gotten the team together, be solid, and then you can introduce as many characters as you want once they're a team. But they didn't listen to me, so I continually am frustrated. But anyway, that's all I have to say about that. That's the end. Uh, so, if you guys have any questions or comments about any of the shows we talked about, you can send them to tvcampfire@gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on GetThePointRadio.com, Krypton Radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Later.